Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 23rd of February 2020. And I hope everyone out there is surviving the onslaught of, ah, what do we call it, authorised news, I guess. <laughs> uh, the supposedly not fake and try and make sense of it all, everything you're given to, to read and decide upon. Uh, because you've noticed, I'm sure, even even with simple things, like simple topics, really, relatively simple topics, like this outbreak of coronavirus, COVID-19, as they want to call it now. But even with that, you have so many, from all the expert sources, supposedly, different experts, giving you completely different versions of how this thing is, is here progressing or regressing, and until you're literally left in confusion. And I <laughs> did shows years ago on forms of behavior control put out by the big boys themselves on how to manage people in times of crisis or war, whatever it happens to be. And they, they say too, when the public are getting too close to something, you put them in almost a gaslighting state with giving them opposing views on the same very important topics. And that way, eventually, most folk just lose track of it and, and can't decide for themselves. And then along comes the third, eventual, the third expert simplified thing to do or accept or how you believe in it or whatever. And you go with that. It's a technique that's used and well understood by those who control your brains. <laughs> so anyway, we're living in a phase now with, with tremendous, tremendous contradictions from everywhere you look, all these different experts, and it's obviously deliberate because from the beginning of this outbreak in China, we've had panic, panic, panic flogged to us, and then you've had, well, it's a simple sniffle to, you know, just a little bit of a cold or maybe even a flu, and it played down, played down, and until then you had this massive reaction in China to it all. With, with massive trucks going up and down streets and, and cities quarantined, and the trucks are spewing out this white mist everywhere. And they still haven't told us what it is, in fact. You don't know if it's some kind of thing to kill off mosquitoes, it might be carriers too, or bacterium to kill off air viruses, I should say. Or even of other kinds of insects too that might even carry them. So anyway, you're left to speculate, and this is all intentional. Because it really is quite simple to tell the public what on earth it is that spring, isn't it? Quite simple. And why they're doing it. But in everything else, you've had so many contradictions too on number, numbers of infected people per week or even by the day and the numbers of deaths as well. And then, then of course, we've also had the, the quarantine regulations had to be followed to save the domestic populations. Well, none of them were followed as well now, because you you don't bring in people who are possibly infected with, with a, a virus which you don't understand yet, a new one, it's a novel type of virus, or, or novel, and they've got to study it before they can decide, well, it's, it's fairly, you know, not too severe or whatever. But on the other hand, it could be terribly severe, and you can't tell right away because it takes months to study it. And only by really intensive study and cross-examination of the darn thing, cross-studies, intensive studies, and expert uh, experts all scratching their heads and getting together with their findings, can you actually come up with any real data on the thing? So, but up until then, uh, the whole idea 
as a real solid quarantine has to be followed, and it hasn't been followed at all, as we well know. And I do think at the start, like everybody else, I'm sure, we'd be again with all these conflicting stories about things, come to the conclusion that uh, from those snippets too from the CDC and WHO, little snippets are putting out there by some of their head people that this eventually will spread across the whole world. So in other words, it's inevitable, which means they're going to allow it to happen. Uh, and the others came out and said, well, we're going to try to slow it down until we can study it. And so even slowing it down and try to contain as much as possible. But then you had the other ones too, bringing in flight after flight after flight and giving us different uh, times of infection uh, symptoms, the pre the pre-symptoms, basically, the prodromal periods is hibernating inside your, and multiplying inside your body before the symptoms show. It could be anything from a few days. So you can't go by an average when, it's, when lives are at stake. Uh, and yet, they were letting people out in about eight days, only, only to find out many of them are having infections afterwards. And now it's up to about 24 days it can happen. And there was something in the paper the other day from Korea that said they even had a case where they thought it could be 90 days. I don't know how they figured that one out. But there you go. And then you have all the stuff too. Again, because it's novel, right? It's new. It hasn't been studied so, so well. And then they say, well, you could even get reinfected by it. And then they tell you the reinfection could be worse than the first infection, and so on and so on and so on. Well, when it comes to all these could be bees and maybes and possibilities and so on, because it is new, why on earth have they been bringing so many thousands back into their countries, which really is against the laws of proper quarantine for safeguarding the populace, you see? And we know for, that they've been landing at Hon- uh, Hawaii, Honolulu, uh, uh, to in the States, then getting other, other flights out across the U.S. after that. And, and of course, it's, it's going to spread, no doubt about it. And again, plus you have people who show no symptoms at all. So it's quite something, isn't it, to, to watch all this happen. And supposedly we're to believe this is the best, these are the best brains on the planet working on this. Uh, and the best brains tell us what they have to do, but none of them are doing it, or the companies aren't doing it, or nations aren't doing it. So there's something else afoot here, obviously. Obviously. And number one, they, they get what they want, which is fear in the general public. They'll also get uh, the, the, the people who are terrified and afraid turning to government for advice and help. And then government comes out with a heavy hand, I will save you, but it's going to be tough, so you have to give up more and more rights and freedoms and do what you're told. Etc., etc. It's a big, massive exercise, obviously, and control it. 9 11 was the first stage, as I said before, for massive change. Changes that most folk couldn't even think about would come down the pike. The changes, as you know, today uh, are <laughs> in your face and, uh, and almost illegal to even speak about. And no one would say, well, was, how did all that come from 9 11? Well, it was planned before that, you see. 9 11 was a kickoff phase, and under 9-11, the first thing they did on, on television, national TV, in every country, was would you give up your freedoms for security? All the papers carried the same questionnaires. You know. TV did the same thing. So it was, it was all planned that way, of course. And so you end up in a world without privacy. And now you've got people grown up and, and people who 
who really were around about 19 years ago, they're 19 now, and just born then. They, they, they've grown up in a world where it's normal not to have all the rights that you had before. They grow up in a world where they think it's quite normal to, to have all your data up on on sources such as Facebook and different social media, day by day, uh, of what, what everything that they do. You know? And they also think there's, there's nothing wrong with uh, having no privacy, many of them. Quite something. So the next step, and again, as you well know, this is you've got all kinds of agendas being pushed forth, and as many of them you can't even talk about today in a safe manner. You also have the rise, the authorized, obviously authorized and well-funded rise of uh, all the groups that are like massive gangs that are authorized, like internal armies of youths. Ready to go to war with anybody who's older than them. And this is all. This is the, like, like the Russian Revolution all over again. The Bolshevik Revolution. Had the, they got a lot of young uh, young people trained to do the dirty work. Who did it with with gusto? Uh, once they, they were put in charge of things, doesn't bode well what's happening. And as you well know, the big funding sources that are interfering and putting these these armies across the planet. Of, of very angry youth, no one's touching them at all. No one's no con- no country saying stop this, or even sending them out to to, to charge the people who are, who run it all and fund it all. And it's not young youngsters who are funding that by any means. It's very old people generally, very wealthy ones with a history of uh, revolution, you might say. So we're living through amazing times, and yet there's very little you can actually talk about because. Even in the last few months, you're getting less and less rights to even speak about things which are fairly innocent if you come at them from an innocent point of view or, or an innocent approach of even asking why this and why that. This doesn't look good for what's coming down the pike. It really doesn't. And I've talked about it before coming down the pike, and uh, most folk never, never quite get it because they're caught up uh, with, uh, be, uh, it's part of the change, is they're being changed. They don't realize it. Everyone gets changed when change occurs. Most folk are ready for the change because they've been programmed in advance through fiction mainly and stacks and stacks of documentaries with all the little politically correct updates in it they're supposed to adapt. And, and they do adapt to them. And they adopt first. You first adopt them, and then you adapt right into them. That's how it's done. Very, very easy. Very per- perfect, in fact, because they're given new opinions, new viewpoints, all mainly through fiction, and they become as angry as the youth about certain things. If you were to mention something, even innocently, it's like an angry retort because they've been conditioned to be that way. Most folk really are not their own people. They're not in charge of themselves. They think they are, and they'll fight you about it. But the fact is that they're really not in charge of what goes on in their head. Remember, never forget one of the masters, well, many of the masters actually, but even the one, Brzezinski, who came out with Between Two Ages and the Technotronic Era was one chapter in it. Very good one too. But it was He put that out in the 1970s. This guy was way up there in Trilateral Commission and the Council of Foreign Relations and so on, and and the, the Defense Department and National Security and so on. And 
he talks about the technotronic, of course, like now it's 5G we're getting into, and even 6G has been tested out in some places, including Wuhan in China. Uh, but he, he talked about the technotronic uh, pulses that can put across entire continents. And they already knew, and they tried it, obviously, and took the data on what happened, disturbances, and that kind of thing. Domestic disturbances, um, even domestic animal disturbances. We know that they, they tried it on, I think it was Maine, uh, they did surveys on the harp alone, just the harp technology, which, are, again, is uh, low-frequency pulses and so on, with secondary carriers on, on top of them, or, or secondary waves on top of the carrier wave. And uh, the, certain frequencies caused e- even cattle to get angry. <laughs> and domestic animals who start biting owners. A tremendous documentation was done on it for the authorities. And social work departments report to their headquarters and police do the same thing. So the health departments. And so you can collect all this data on, on a public that doesn't even know that it's been done. And, uh, but, but yeah, they knew exactly what frequencies called you'd be sad. The suicides is some of them. Uh, other ones where everybody's got angry and irritable and things like that, you see. So stroking your brain with uh, low-frequency radiation, basically, and pulses, specific uh, planned pulses for frequencies. Yeah, definitely has a, a, an effect on you, like the carbon helmet. Helmet is the same kind of thing that Persinger used as well. But without the wires, the, and again, Brzezinski said... He said, we can, we can put this, 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 this kind of pulses across entire continents to manipulate the, the thoughts and the moods and behavior of people, of entire populations. So there you are. Uh, and it's being done. Of course it's being done. This can only happen, remember. All these things can only happen when they bring you up to be incredibly naive and to believe in authority and what it says that it stands for, when often uh, the opposite is true of what it really stands for. You're in a definite system, a very tightly controlled system. And I've said before, you won't know you're in a, a kind of system, a, a, almost a totalitarian-type system. If you go along in a dream state, your programmed dream state, uh, but if you, if you buck the system in some way, or you have your, your kind of neo moment uh, and you start talking about it, you, you'll see the bars suddenly appear that were never there before because you're so heavily monitored in this day and age. But Brzezinski said that, but he also said it again too that uh, people will come to, to expect the media, which already, he said in the 1970s, he said, he said that they're already giving them their topics for conversation. They get it from the, the, the newspapers and from the, the television. And then they part about that the next day at work and so on. Whatever they've been given to part about all the topics. A lot of human interest stories, a lot of ooh-ah stories of sex or whatever it happens to be. It's all worked out and it works very well. The grabbers, you see. And today it's even more perfect with the internet. The internet's made it more, it made it easier for them to control the people. It started off, of course, uh, with a, a dribble, really, and years ago. But once everyone's on it, plus I've, I've gone through the topics too of, of, of massive agency, uh, security agency organizations with thousands of operatives scouring the internet and, and pretending, with, with each person getting about 100 names, 
and they, they take it on people and all the different blogs and so on and and in the chat rooms and, and they get everybody arguing or professionally trained to disable you. That's the point of it. So if you get involved and you think you know someone they've never heard of before and they build up a persona for you to trust, they've already worked out the, the kind of person you'll fall for to trust and how to do it. Then they try and destroy you later. They suddenly hit you, boof. And that's meant to disable you. This is warfare. It's, it's true psych warfare <laughs> in a real, very real sense. Brzezinski said, of course, that eventually people will also expect the media to do their reasoning for them. And that, that happened long ago. People think the media is there to warn them of things they should know. Really? What a change that was. People, when I grew up, didn't trust the media. They knew all the big moguls uh, that owned them and how they worked in concert for big, big money. And they knew. Uh, they knew what, people today have no, haven't, an idea, haven't a clue. Never mind who politicians are and so on, what they, were, they belonged to before they came into politics and the private clubs and all that. They know nothing. They're given literally stardom instead of politicians. These characters are built up into stars, but the big star-making machinery, and little nobodies suddenly are all over the media for you to vote for. And, and of course, they even take lessons from actors, by the way, and acting lessons from people who teach you. It's been in the newspapers where, in Britain and other countries. They, you can even write it off their income as an expense, these acting lessons, to try and convince the public that they're genuine. There's nothing real out there. There's nothing real out there. And so they present you with stars. And they give you, and the more, the more hits they get for saying outrageous things on the internet and chat rooms, uh, the more famous they become, you see. <laughs> All worked out by professionals. And every politician, remember, reads, reads the scripts. It's all written by other people. And they should really get the awards for writing the scripts for them. Everything is show business out there, more so today than ever before. And the public are completely oblivious to it. They fall into the traps all the time. They're set out there to make them think it's all genuine again, that there's real battles going on in the media and points of view and so on. Quite something. I said before, many times, that if voting worked for the public, it would be made illegal. And that's the truth of it. Run by very professional organizations. Most of the people don't even know the names of them. They're way up there with the big agendas, very old agendas, that follow these agendas too rigorously. They don't change or, or drop the... When something doesn't seem to work right away, they don't just drop it. It's just like the wars across the Middle East or into Syria. They keep at it and come back quietly again until they build up and, it's in, and they can't keep it quiet anymore. They never give up. They keep doing it. But all the genders are the same. All of them. I can remember reading books from the 1920s by some of the avant-garde communists in the West, in Europe. And they wanted to completely, and eventually it morphed into other organizations, like the Frankfurt School and so on, who were very vocal about uh, the, the complete destruction of the culture of the West. It was necessary, complete and utter, utter eradication of its history. And they would make people loathe themselves, and that's what's happened in the West. 
total war, you see. But long before they were heard of, too, there were organizations that were loosely called communists at the time. But the professions, the early professions, were getting in on the act with uh, psychiatry and psychology and behaviorism, too, where they said that they'd change everything. Everything would be put up. Anything that which you accepted as normal had to be destroyed. Anything and everything, including what men and women were in the 1920s. And even later, a communist didn't want to even go along with that kind of thing back then. But yet that was the idea. Girls only play with, with, with girl things because they're, they're, they're taught that by parents, you see. And boys only behave like boys because they're taught to be like that by parents. That was a mantra even then. All the way down to the present, look how far it's got now in a sudden rush too. Again, since 9-11, the big rush. And you see, why would all that come from 9-11? <laughs> well, it's because that was a signal for the unleashing of all for the 21st century, the century of change, they called it, or transition, same thing. Academia called it that. The coming century would be that century, and we're in it. And all that has to be fulfilled, you see. It's astonishing to stand back and watch it. And it really will isolate you from most of the public, because... Most of the public can't handle this, this kind of thing. It's bad news to them. They'd rather go along to get along uh, rather than get upset. And along, many years ago, I talked about even the New Age movement having completely uh, taken over and even called the New Age. It's called a different thing long before that when it was more, a bit more genuine. The New Age movement was, was really taken over and, uh, and put to use by those who bring in the present system. And there's a reason for it, to destroy all that was, remember, to bring in the new. That was the idea, too. But you're, you're in the 21st century, the center of change, and it's, it's getting rammed, really, uh, through, with no, no vote from the public on anything. In fact, you've got an authoritarian system now, which will admonish anybody, like a child, by a school teacher. If you just utter something that's forbidden, that wasn't forbidden long ago, even if just if you can't ask, if a child can't ask things out of curiosity, you're under tyranny. You're definitely under tyranny, and you don't you, you don't hammer the child to terrify them, so that they'll never ask the questions again. Learning is a learning experience. You have to have the experience of learning and speaking and asking, and calmly being instructed. That's what education was supposed to be. Not now. Everything is so politicized and agenda-driven. You're looking at a really dangerous time, which is meant to get much more dangerous, very quickly if need be, too. Because, as I say, there's radicalized elements, trained from, from, from even in junior school, Radicalized to be angry and furious, and they're told what to hate, and it's been drummed into them. And if they ever get the power, are given the power, they will go to work, just like you saw in the Cultural Revolution in China, where Mao Zedong had them all turn on the parents and the teachers to eradicate them because they were contaminated with old world ideas, old thoughts, old ways of doing things, old. 
viewpoints and moralities. Horror is what happens. And, it was, and we have awfully good details of it from the old Soviet Union that went through it. And the Soviet Union was to be used as an example for the rest of the world, which they hoped at that time to promote across the planet. But so much leaked out from these radicalized, and many of them foreign youngsters that were brought in for the revolution. They were handed the pistols and who gunned down thousands and into eventually the millions of people because they were perhaps middle class or perhaps they didn't agree with them or they couldn't be re-educated, as they call it. You're seeing the same thing happen again, the same rhetoric being drummed into the potential terrorists, and that's what they'll be, and if they're not already, <laughs> under the guise, different guises. And you know them all out there, the different guises they go under, that, well, just to save the planet or whatever happens, but you can see it all. So what you're looking at doesn't bode well at all. Never forget that. But as I say, most people will just, it gets too tough for them. They, they have to escape into fiction and tune out. Because truth is not, it's not easy to handle in this day and age. It really isn't. And you won't find people around you generally who are eager to know it. Even if they're, if they're pretty ignorant of what's going on, they're wise enough to know what is going on when it comes to being politically correct, they know how to get along and to be left alone by allowing their updates to, to work. And you are, you update like a computer with new things all the time. Now they call it self-policing, by the way, from the United Nations. I used to give the talks years ago on that. They would teach the public to, to self-police themselves. So well, how are they going to do with that? Well, guess what? It's like it's like it's like the old uh, the old talks used to give on say revelation, which could be used like a blueprint down the road, and it's all here today. You got plagues, pestilences. We have massive laboratories now, and I gave the talks where where they create all kinds of insects, which they let loose on the aphids and other things in the crops, supposedly uh, around harvesting time. There's umpteen companies in Canada alone do that. And you can find them. They, create, they, they breed all these different insects. There's nothing in Revelation today, from the earthquakes to whatever, that we can't do scientifically. And when it comes to the other things too, wherever everyone be in a family, remnants of destroyed families, where they're all fighting each other, the children fighting the parents, and the parents fighting the children, and and the genders fighting each other and, and, and all that kind of stuff going on and on and on. All, all described. It's all been done through intense indoctrination and mandated from the top. In all, all ages, I think Plato mentioned it too, that morality, the morality that you live through, is simply that which is dictated from the powerful elite at the top. Nothing really comes from the grassroots without permission from the top. Anything which would upset a different agenda that the elite had, had written into stone, anything which threatened that, would be immediately nipped in the bud. So when you see it promoted and allowed to go, it's been, it's been, it's been promoted from the top down, not the bottom up. Especially when it's a massive scale. But remember, the system we're meant to go into is 
a system put out again and at least discussed by the communists who also adopted technocracy. Every side adopted technocracy at one time, 1920s and 30s, where experts should rule the world. And this, this, the Club of Rome still promotes the same thing today. With the, their books are quite open about it. Democracy would never work. It's too slow and cumbersome. And when you have a big agenda to get things done, you can't have folk arguing and debating about it. When they know better than you uh, how to do things. You see, that's the whole key. They know better than you. Experts should just dictate to you and you obey and that's it. And that's what it is. It's that simple. And that you are an energy unit in Technocracy Inc. And you will basically consume so much energy per month according to your status, meaning your class. And they're very class conscious. It doesn't matter what terminology they want to use about it. But uh, so was communism, by the way. <laughs> Everybody according to their, their, their needs, you know, <laughs> their, own, their own little class. The hypocrisy of humanity is overwhelming, you know, with these saviors of society. And you've allocated so many energy units per month. A token's good enough to, for energy units. You see, money is just a, 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 the same kind of money's a token. And now you know the internet, given to you by DARPA, you know, a big military organization, was meant to get you hooked on it until you start using it and become cashless and everything else. And then they did what Bertrand Russell said they would do. They'd, they'd start to punish you and withhold your. Well, it really, is now it's the electronic tokens, isn't it? They can punish you and bring you to your knees and, and until you really comply and serve your time for being bad, to being antisocial. Social, you see, is, is wherever again the elite have dictated is social. And asking questions can be awfully antisocial to those who have power. And that's what we're going through now. Names are awfully confusing. And most folk really fall for the names of things. I used to always try to think by images, because when, you, when something looks the same, smells the same, it generally is the same. Don't be fooled by changes of names. Don't be fooled by it. How could the Club of Rome, eh? for instance, and, and they had the same people at the top in the Club of Rome working for them, charting their books on too many people, and too many of the wrong people is what they really meant using up their resources, you know, their resources for themselves. Oh, the, the population bomb, Paul Ehrlich and all that, you know, too many people and the same Malthusian concept, because it's a very old organization, really, with changes of names. But when they call themselves the Club of Rome, a massive think tank to, to, to help guide all into being for all nations. And you don't vote for them, of course, anything that matters, you don't get a vote for and the Club of Rome said that, that, uh, yeah, you, you, you'd have to be authoritarian and get you to do things. Well, it's astonishing that the same people in the Club of Rome, including Ehrlich's wife, who, who was on the, a board member of it, it's amazing that you hear about Nazi, 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 as though they're the worst folk who ever lived on the planet. And yet everything is being pushed today. Authoritarian regimes where you will obey Experts and scientists, and even elite businessmen. That's your new governor, as you say. Isn't that the same thing? Don't get fooled by names. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, hmm?
It's that simple. It really is that simple. And people do tend to, to authoritarians do tend to, to go the same way and, and, and have it show the same signs and symptoms, just like a disease. And even the youth, well, the communists had the, the Red Youth Brigade. Same thing, Hitler came along with his, his Hitler youth. The West had the same thing. We even, you, take, you take even, and this is, I'm not kidding about this, even the Boy Scouts at one time under Baden Powell. Uh, really, you were given all this, the, the new moral codes and uh, obedience and, and obedience to your, to your, your superiors. And it's all got the, the makings of the same thing, which can be snapped in, into a different direction at any time at all, quite easily. And youngsters look up to, to the elders who give them direction. Here's something that folk, most folk don't think about, but the big boys run the world certainly do. Because they're always studying us, generation to generation, century to century. But when, when they would destroy the family unit that, that uh, Pike talked about, and also the communists talked about, and Marx talked about, isn't it amazing? It's always the same agenda. Eh? Then the youngsters would have a craving, an excessive craving, for guidance. And this has proven to be true over and over and over again. When they don't have, like a boy, if he doesn't have a father figure, a, a, a good father figure, who's strong and, and decent, and, but strong, to be looked up to by a child, a boy especially, then uh, he'll crave it, he'll find it somewhere else. Iron a street gang, as we know, with all the studies by the FBI in the States. Or they'll literally, uh, along comes uh, again, uh, the super boy scout, here's your uniform, let's go camping and we'll, we'll all rug it out together and we'll be all boys together, you see. And you can use that into in a campaign for politics if you want to. Or you get the communist system, or you get uh, with, with the communist youth brigade. And, or else let's use uh, the Hitler Youth. Well. And you're seeing names today with their black outfits on, youngsters, holding up traffic in different countries across the world. Where are they getting their money? And, and some of them are getting brought in across Europe from country to country, mobilized, big cash. And we know, of course, where they're getting their money, but you can't even, you're not, you, can't, you can't even say it. You're watching the build-up to a, a, a terror. That's what you're seeing. And when they unleash, as I always say, the nihilists and the atheists for revolution, you'll see repetition, all right, unfortunately. I don't folk realize this, this is serious stuff. Serious stuff. When governments aren't even attempting to stop it, it tells you it's mandated from the top. Even with the, the oil pipelines that have been on the go for years, though they're debating about it from Canada to the States and so on, there's big protests with the same groups across Canada. It literally, the trains aren't even going south of me. They've all been stopped for about a week now by the same groups in protest of things. Just like they stopped stuff across England for their, their sustainability thing or their extinction rebellion. You're seeing all the symbols everywhere too, and folk even recognize them. Anyway, I, I wasn't even thinking of talking about this tonight, but um, I, I just uh, I got so fed up with the media, with the obvious 
mind, uh, what you call it, mind is like being punch drunk. Oh, believe this uh, by experts. No, no, leave these, believe these experts over here. Huh? With the same qualifications and all that. Until you're supposed to just, oh, goodness sake. When your own common sense says there are things going on that don't make any sense at all. As I say, you either have proper quarantine or you don't. You, you can't have a bit of quarantine when it comes to a, lethal, a lethal disease. You do it properly. And, and it's, it's not new. It's been written in stone for national quarantine, for pandemics and epidemics for years. Many years. But it's not being followed. It's inter interesting, too, in the British papers, they even had, I think it was uh, the bus drivers, they're bringing some of the, the people who've been in some semi-quarantine on, on ships and so on back into Britain and elsewhere, and they're being driven by the, in, in the buses. And you see the health guys with their hazmat suits on, and the bus drivers don't even have masks on, bringing people who are potential carriers. So, well, where's that driver going after he drops off people on the bus? This is incredible. You, know, you, you either have quarantine proper or you, or you have none at all. There's no ifs or buts here. Which can tell you, if you're, if you're just go, running on your own mind, you're going to say, well, I guess they wanted to spread after all. Then. Or you're left with the other possibility. They know at the top that it's not as serious as they say. Because you're left to speculate because of their silence of why they're being so sloppy. It's not because they're stupid. And that's secrecy too, you see. There's books out about people paid by big think tanks and even the CFR on conspiracy people and conspiracy theories and so on. And, and yet they all have to admit that the reason these things start in the first place is because of governments and government agencies and they're so profuse, these agencies today, so many of them, and multi-layered, are so secretive, they don't tell the public anything, which naturally feeds a, a conspiracy. Of course it does. Well, you're not going to get told the reasons for anything at all. You, just, your mind can run riot. Of course it does. We're played like children, really, and programmed the same way. Where am I going with all this stuff? <laughs> the fact to say, you get fed up with the news. It's, it's kind of pointless, as you know. Politics doesn't appeal to me, never did, because it's so obviously fake. So obviously fake. And so you don't have politicians now. You have, you have uh, personalities that are made personalities by massive uh, star-making machines. That's, that's what does it. That's exactly what does it. And everyone at the top uh, who was picked for it plays their role. You're given a role, just like a movie, and they play their hand in it. They're, they're told what to say, uh, right down to emotions and gestures and how to try and look sincere at times or arrogant at times or, or dominant at times. And it's, it's acting, it's basic acting. And the script writers write their scripts, so their speeches. But the real governance is way above it. And that's why big organizations like the CFR, Relationship for International Affairs, and Trilateral and so on, they talk all the time about governance. They don't say government, it's governance. Because really, most of the governing that goes on is not from what you think of as government institutions. Remember the CFR came out years ago, maybe 10 years ago, hardly remember. Now time flies for me. When they, they, In their articles they said that 
it was time for the big philanthropists and the rich businessmen, the moors and shakers, took their place in governing the world. Well, I didn't see anything getting changed in the rules for voting. And I, don't, I don't see their names appearing on to vote for. So who's deciding these people uh, should, should simply be overseers over us all without any input on our say at all on, on even having them in the first place as governing us? We don't vote for them. Most of the things that work over us and manage us, we, get, we don't get any kind of vote on, really. But we're managed, of course. We're definitely managed. And getting back to Bertrand Russell and others talking about tokens for the public issued to everybody, like a universal wage, it'd be used as a, to, to control you. Like, as I say, DARPA gave you the internet. Get you addicted to it. Make sure there's eventually phase out other ways to even pay things, checks and so on, until you, all you've got is the electronics. And then, of course, you'll lose your income. Exactly, exactly as Bertrand Russell said, in fact, really. Because they decide what's antisocial. It's a list of things you mustn't say or talk about or inquire about. That's what that really is. And then you're punished. You can't pay your rent. You can't buy your food. You won't have the money. Everything's frozen. It's all happening, folks. First get the folk on the net. The net's the net, right? You're caught in the net. Fish inside a big net can just swim around its edges and so on, or, or but it can't get out of it. You're stuck in it. It's also called the web. You're stuck on it like a fly on a spider's web. And all you can go on it, even if you're strong enough to pull yourself along this sticky thing, is along other strands of the same web. You can't get off it. The web. <laughs> it's quite something, isn't it? The old 666, www. In another tongue, of course. But everything that was written about and published in books by the big uh, culture creators, who they, they created the culture for the future that they would bring in right to the present time. People in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, and 50s designed every part of the cultural changes right up to the present, and there's more to come that decided by then, then too. Nothing happens by itself like that. But we're at a very dangerous period today. I'll just mention again too, George Orwell, who, who understood all like this, because remember, he was a, a dyed-in-the-wool socialist. He'd been brought up in his indoctrination at Eton, even, into, into this almost this communistic system, until he realized when he was fighting in Spain alongside the communists, and he was in a socialist organization, that he was, he was on a list for extermination himself. And he had to flee, because the communists would have killed him. Up until then, they were all taught that they were your friends. They were, they were just the same as you, the communists, you see. And what were the communists about? Authoritarian rule, experts rule, birth to death. Management of families, the kind of families. They even wanted to eradicate initially uh, the family unit. Eventually, it got so bad that Stalin had to eradicate and get rid of the, the woman. He picked women to be the, be the ones who would advocate not just abortion, but uh, marriage all together, hopefully, they thought. But then they realized they weren't going to turn out any children that would have caretakers looking after them, as, such as e.g. parents. And so they didn't start forcing it. So they used it as a cultural weapon against the West, and that's what we've had ever since. But the, the real communists were in the West already, you see. The real communists. 
Communism is a tool, it's a term for, for a technique more than anything. Don't fall into the trap of, of thinking, well, it's all gone now. You'll see the same things today if you just look around you with different names and different reasons for implementing them. They always have reasons for implementing all these planned changes. But it's for the ones from the top. So you're conquered, you've been through the revolution. And most folk didn't notice, I've mentioned that many times before. Now I'll, I'll read this here. This is by Peter Hitchens. I read it a few weeks ago. But it's worthwhile. I'll fit it in again to what I'm talking about. Because he's also said the same thing they've been talking about for years, same thing. And you know, it's, you know, it's the same things too. Mind you, he, he was a Marxist. He came out of uh, Oxford, I think it was. Like most of his generation, as, as literally indoctrinated Marxists. Again, elite university, Ivy League type university, and uh, obviously authorized from the top. And he's talking about the system here. He gave an important uh, monologue on the systematic infiltration of anti-British Marxists. This, this, is, this goes for Canada, the States, and everywhere else. Into the highest levels of British society. This has completely transformed Britain, British life and culture. Since Blair, Tony Blair, came to power in 1997, these former Marxists have occupied positions of power in all critical areas of British life. They have revolutionized Britain. It's no longer the country it once was. This is the really ridiculous thing about the modern West. And it's so true, this is most folk miss it. They can't quite grasp it. This is the really ridiculous thing about the modern West. We live in post-revolutionary societies. You had a cultural revolution, a la Gramsci, something like Gramsci. And uh, it's interesting to even that uh, fellow who won the States there, that Indiana, he, his father, was the guy who translated uh, Gramsci into English, supposedly, for the West and for the universities to teach indoctrination. And I'm talking about Buttigieg. Is it Buttigieg or Buttigieg, to call the guy? It was his father or grandfather who actually did the translation for the communists. But anyway, that's another, this is off the topic there. Getting back to this article here, it says, we live in post-revolutionary societies, and in most cases, we don't even realize a revolution has taken place. It's been a Kierkegaardian revolution in which all the buildings remain standing, but everything which led to their being built and contributed to their design and their whole society that supported them has been wiped away. And people walk around in it relatively prosperous thinking revolution must mean a red flag flying above the post office and the barracks and the railway station with commissars in the streets. It doesn't. Modern left-wing revolution means this, the policing of thought, the deadening of the academy, its education, which is just indoctrination now for, for social engineering and, and big policies, the lack of serious debates or understanding, and add the, for, the forbidding of serious debate, uh, suppression of disagreement. Absolutely, I've always said you find the so-called liberal or left, call it what you want. The communists called the left, I think it was Khrushchev, of, of the Soviet Union, when he visited the U.S., he used to ask about the liberals, and and he says, "Oh, we don't call the communists of the West the communists; we call them liberals." So even the terminology that they used for the for their agencies in the West were liberals, left wing and liberals. You know, the lack of serious debate or understanding, the suppression of disagreement. And everybody accepts it, and you're surrounded by it, and there's no cure for it. It's all gone. A 
education is dead, the media is dead, it's almost unwatchable. Most of what's put out now in particular on BBC television, it's almost impossible for an intelligent person to sit down and watch it. But luckily for them, the number of intelligent, educated people is so very small, so they get away with it. My advice to young people is to leave the country, and people laugh at me when I say it. But I've never been more serious about anything in my life. And they ask, where should I go? And I say, I don't care. Where are you going? The point about this country is, in the foothills of such a catastrophe, it's, it's not a good idea to wait around and find out what it's like. Called Eurocommunism, this policy renounced Soviet economic models, but kept the key aims of transforming our society. Tens of thousands of Marxists left the newly expanded universities to enter teaching, journalism, the BBC, the law, and of course politics. Starting from the 1990s, they began to pop up in positions of importance. Peter Hitchens says that crucially, his generation were deep inside what became new Labour communist Marxists in Blair's cabinet, and include John Lord Reed, Defence Secretary Bob Ainsworth, Defence Secretary, Chancellor Alastair Darling, Stephen Byers, outed by The Guardian, in 1999 as a former supporter of the Trotskyists, Peter Mandelson, even Tony Blair himself, revealed in a BBC interview that he had been a Trotskyist at Oxford in the 1970s. One of Blair's closest aides, Peter Hyman, has confessed that new Labour was devised to take and hold the levers of power, winning power and locking out the Tories to ensure that the 21st century was a labour century with labour values. And don't forget, remember, folks, that, that their, 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 their definition of labour changes all the time and their values while you're living through a, a whirlwind of change as they give you new values with new normals. Of course, you know that. So that's one I, I, I read. But also, I just want to read this one too that I've read many times. It's from 1984. Every record has been destroyed. This is the system you're in going, and going into big time. The memory hole eh, of information. It's happening all the time on the internet, and this whole site's getting pulled off. Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and street building has been renamed. They're even pulled statues across the states down, as you know. Every date has been altered. And the process is continuing. Day by day and minute by minute, history has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. That was George Orwell, 1984. And that's what you're really going in with this technocracy idea of uh, management by experts from birth to death. And the, the gradual, it's, it's more this, this gradual elimination of the, the farce of politics. You're seeing the true system emerge of, uh, again, authoritarianism with new types of commissars. They're not called commissars. They're called government agents. or they're, they're, the, the government really farmed off many of its real functions and obligations to private corporations and even NGOs, which, again, that turns into a Soviet system ruled by councils. Most folk don't care, and I'm well aware of that too. I'm not despondent, by the way. I never get despondent about things. 
you might think it's depressing, but if I was to be a cheerleader for the people, most of the people don't really care, just like Aldous Huxley talked about. Most will go into the th- flow through this. They're so you know, soaked with uh, entertainment, uh, all kinds of free sex, uh, without consequences, they, they think, anyway. And, uh, and they, even a universal basic income for many folk. And this is, so they, they're, they, you know, they're quite happy. So as Huxley said, the people come to love their servitude. They, they wouldn't object to it. They'll, I can remember Bill Cooper talking about this back in the nineties, when he says a lot of folk will, will come to love, uh, come to love socialism. This true, this true, the, the true authoritarian type of socialism. It's another way of saying the same thing. But Orwell said you'll be as a servitude. Quite somewhere, isn't it? Most folk don't know what they're even living through all this stuff. They adapt to it. They even adapt to opinions into their conversations. They adopt and adapt, adopt and adapt to their opinions, all given to them. And because everybody else is using the same opinions, it could be contrary or even 180 degrees from opinions from 10 or 20 years ago, even less, in fact. And they, they adapt into it right away. You know. And what they do is parrot. It's almost like the party lines. They... Or Matsu Tong's little red book. I can remember the the, the, the children and you did show it on TV years and years and years ago. Uh, they didn't do prayers. Their prayer was to to, to Matsu Tong, the leader. And you see all these little children with their red books and all waving it and quoting from it in, in unison. That was their Bible. But that's what we're living through the day, folks. For those who don't quite know, the media uh, is so terrible now, as I say, with its political correctness. Of nonsense, an awful lot. What folk who act or sing do is not news to me. That's not news. That's replaced what news used to be. It's what the so-called they call them celebrities are up to. I don't care what they're up to. They're paid actors, and they're they're really prostitutes of morality and prostitutes. Uh, of culture and everything, and some of the roles that they portray to the public. They'll take, and do anything they're told for money and acclaim as they help destroy everything that was to bring in the new. That's the mantra, eh? All, all that was must be destroyed to bring in the new. Everything must be made new. Quite something. I could go on and on, but I'll just bore the folk. But no, I don't get despondent about it because I understand it. And people years ago used to say, you know, you, 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 can, you, can you say something positive for the people? I say, I, won't be a, I can't be a cheerleader for the public. Everybody, I've always pushed individuality. Everybody has to decide for themselves. A little light goes on here or over there and a light on. And that's how a light starts lighting up. But as soon as you, you, you get into a group, someone's going to take it over and use it against the very things that you don't want to see happening. Happens all the time. And yet you can't stop people or even complain about people that go off and, and, and join what you would call an enemy of mankind. Because you have no hold over them. If you, you have to let the people decide what they want to do themselves. But the danger comes when you see these organized mobs being radicalized and they're furious and angry. And they've had, they've had this indoctrination from, as I say, junior school. Intensified, intensified, intensified. And you don't, you don't see anybody 
pulling all their, their social media off and taking away from them, do you? It's authorized from the top. This doesn't bode well. Things have to come. But people do make their own decisions, and that's the best you can do. And every generation, there's always a few come through with some knowledge who don't have any, any axe to grind or some benefit to get personally out of things, who pass on. To, to, and it's always the few that pass on to, to the next bunch and the next bunch. That's how it's always been. The rest of it is manipulation through mob action used by the ones you think you're fighting or the ones you're against. There are no dummies running the world here. The ones above you have, have <laughs> countless think tanks at work against every thought that you might come up with for yourself. And you know what's going on. A lot of folk are know, they know what's going on. But they feel helpless against it, you see. That's another big thing, too. And sometimes you have to go through, as you say, the valley of death, don't you? That's the old saying. That's what it means. You know what you're going to go into it. You know it's going to be horrible. And all you can do is... is Hopefully you're strong enough to go through it. It's the best you can do. Because the real, the real movements in this world are at your hands. The, the whole so-called alternative movement for news and so on at one time was, was good. The brief burst, I said you get maybe 20 years max, even less actually. Uh, back in the 90s, it says you get maybe get 20 years as they get conditioned folk to use it and get rid of all other means of communication and even even books and paper and all the rest of it. And once they take it over, then then they'll start uh, taking all your rights away from you when you're addicted to it, you see. But most folk will be so addicted to it, but then even when the rights are taken away, they'll, they'll, st- they'll, they'll just adapt into the new system with that too. I, I, went, I gave these talks in the late 90s, and it's happening exactly that way. Nothing's given to the public that might give you power, believe you me. <laughs> The ones who think they're getting power are the radicalized ones that's authorized to be the new rebels and revolutionary army. That's what you're seeing, unfortunately. With many faces and many supposed front causes, but it's all the same thing run by the same people at the top. As I say, down through the ages, that's what you get. Something comes along, there's always a few pass on. And the, the big, big ones that you follow, by the way, are like multinational corporations, the size of them. Uh, they pretend they're just uh, grassroots and so on to lead everybody. In other words, you've got authorized movements, the authorized speakers and anti-globalist speakers there. But uh, you'd be surprised, really, that, that it's nothing like they used to be. There used to be dozens of, of uh, alternate radio stations uh, that were even you know, medium wave, FM and short wave all been put under by the ones that are left. I mean, did you hear me? By the ones that are left. So you don't have all this variation of people who were the experts, the real experts, that oppose things in a genuine fashion. They've all been knocked off, put under deliberately, and you're left with a, a kind of fake system of pretense in its place. You also find that lots of things are happening with uh, the fears of financial crashes, the rumors of wars, uh, the uh, plagues and pestilences, and all the rest of them that, those things we're getting hit with today. You've got the repetition. So much repetition always happens. That they never, remember what the elites say, 
what their favourite saying is, how can we use this crisis to our advantage and never let a good crisis go to waste? There were members of the CFR came out before the, the dust had fallen on the towers in 9-11. I'm not kidding you, huh? saying that very thing. I've got all this old stuff here, always kept it. The new actual newspaper, news articles, because that doesn't go down the memory hole. But this article hit me too. Everyone's repetition, when they, when they, what they do when they get a plague, well, let, let's kill the chickens in China, and then U.S. companies get uh, the, the contracts to restock them. That's big business. Eh? So after a mass chicken cull, China approves live poultry from the U.S., and uh, so the Ministry of Agriculture, China, approved the import of live chickens from the U.S. After the farms across the country were ordered to cull tens of millions, tens of millions, right, of chickens because of the COVID-19 outbreak. I remember they did the same thing when Bill Clinton was in. And one of his main supporters at the time was Tyson. And they came out with, oh, there was a bird, a bird flu going through the, the oh, it must, must be coming from the chickens in China in Hong Kong, and Tyson got the contract then too. It's great. It's, it's astonishing how they keep repeating the same things, eh? isn't it? Just coincidence, though. It's just coincidence. And there you go. So I'll put that up too. I'll put up also the Via Rail cancels trains across Canada. CN shuts down Eastern Canada network amid pr- uh, pipeline protests. That no one will move them off, actually. It's just, again, coming from the top, obviously, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? I'll just shove it night. He even put it in. Researchers finally get access to data on Facebook's role in political discourse. Again, it took 20 months longer than planned and to do this or this particular survey for, by this group. But they got all this data came out with 38 million URLs from Facebook or something that Facebook was selling or sharing uh, with big corporations. And it took at least a couple of years to accumulate all this information on it. But it, it doesn't make any, these articles don't mean anything now because how many repetitions do you need from Facebook or, or Google or anybody else for that matter? Most folk are, are now uh, immune to these stories because they're, they're used to it. It means nothing to most folk. They continue to use it all. They really do. And you can't help them. I mean, and you can't force them. If I had the ability to force them, I wouldn't do it. You can't do that. You must make the people make their own decisions or their own destiny, even if it's ill-fated. Uh, you have to allow that. That's individuality. Hmm? And I'll put down, to, as I say, the chicken cull. And also, one of the maps on the coronavirus, the, the map data and timeline that has been put out, these are meaningless too with, with the present uh, state of affairs when you're supposed to be terrified of it and then they'll tell you it could be a nose, a drip of a dripping nose or maybe no symptoms at all. Which one do you want to believe when the claim folk are dying in China and elsewhere? All from the top, from the same sources, folks. Or people working in the same big organizations giving us totally opposing viewpoints which puts you in a numb state and you just give up, try to follow it. That's the whole point. They don't want you to follow it. And eventually you'll take, when they'll give you a third uh, idea that you must accept, you'll just accept. It'll be very simplistic, it won't make sense, but you'll adopt it, because that'll be the official, the official opinion eventually. They'll say, this is the stamped official final opinion, and that's what you go with. I've watched this for so many years. 
and a couple of their articles on you again. It, I don't really f- I'm not going to get worried about it at the moment because, as I say, we don't have enough data to go by, except nothing makes sense. It, it, as I say, if, if <laughs> every nation and its professionals know how we stop plagues happening, you do not bring in contamination into your, to a healthy population. That's the first law of national quarantine. They know that. If it's that deadly and it's new and they don't know how, how it's going to end up, if it's going to jump and, and become more virile and deadly, or what? Because it's new. What they're doing doesn't make sense, unless they completely understand this and they knew about it long beforehand and had it well, well studied, which leads to other areas of thought, of course, which are all taboo. But anyway, that's all I'm going to talk about tonight, because otherwise it'll be going on for ages. But don't worry about things. You, know, you really don't get panicked about things. There's so much in the world you can't, you really can't prepare for. Uh, you can't manage. You truly are living as a kind of dependent, a semi-dependent in a system that's got you by the you know what's. And you can only do what you can control around your own little immediate area for yourself, and as best as you can. But don't worry and fret about things because. Your whole life, whether you like it or not, past, present, and future, is, is going to be controlled in similar ways through fear. It's, you don't get peace to be happy for too long in this system. If you did, you'd then start objecting when the authoritarians start to demand more and more from you. You say, oh, no, I'm not going to, no, no way. So they keep you stampeded like, like cattle, so you can't graze in the field and start to enjoy the sunshine and the... And the grass, you know, that's how it's, it's very simple. That's how you're managed. But with plagues and pandemics and everything else, the abuser, remember, abuses you with his all oh, threats of, of everything. And the, the abused, you're the abused. The authoritarians are the abusers, your governments. You turn... The, the, the abused, you turn Jordan's government and say, save us, save us. That's simple technique, isn't it? Very simple. Save us. Okay, but you know, you've got to give up more and more freedoms and rights and, and you've got to do what you're told. And so on. That's how, how simple it is, isn't it? How simple. It doesn't have to be very often totally brutal and physical. Although they can use that if they lose control, naturally they always do. But the rest of it is, is just always the threat of it, and that generally is good enough for most folk. So don't worry, as I say, you can only control and do what you can, control the little bits around you for yourself. That which you can manage, you manage as best you can. For myself, Alan Watchman to your Canada, I wish you all the best, and it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>